Greetings, glorious humans, gentle ladies, lad men, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and dreams alike, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host, JM, and this is your co-host... Oh, Oh, hello. I fucked it up, Robbie. That's okay, um, because hopefully most people are familiar with our introduction by now, but if you're a new listener, uh, JM fucked up the intro. Hello, I'm Robbie, (laughs) and I'm the other co-host on the show. And I'm really good at it. Really good you at are. my intros. You are. You are. I had I had a lot of inertia going. I'm a little nervous today, and I just I just ran for it. Oh. And, uh, why yeah. Why are you feeling nervous? Um. Uh. It's because of our guest today. Oh well, that could be. Oh, that could be. <laughs> it could. <laughs> I'm sure it would be fine, JM. I'm sure it would be absolutely fine. There's nothing yeah? to worry about. Yeah. Nothing to absolutely. worry about. Nothing to all worry right. about at all. I've um I've just eaten a Tunnock's tea cake in uh in preparation. <laughs> Which do you know what a Tunnock's tea cake is, JM? That's a very large, heavy cake that tastes like tea. Close. It's very, very small. And cake. dense and heavy. No, it has a little bit of biscuit in it and it and it's full of uh like foamy marshmallow and it's mm. covered in chocolate that and they're really small young. you can you can chomp one all in one go if uh if you're feeling i don't know if you're feeling adventurous all right well that sounds delightful yeah and the reason why i this episode that... brought to you by tunnock's tea cakes <laughs> mm, nothing beats a tunnock's <laughs> i mean that's that's not necessarily much of a bold claim because they're very very good and uh, the reason why I bring that up, JM, is because they are a product of the country Scotland. Have you heard of it? I have. Yeah. It's where Mel have Gibson you... is from. It is. Have you ever been there? I wish. No, I've never been to Scotland. Did you know that they have monsters? I didn't. You didn't know about the Loch Ness Monster? Oh, the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. Come on, I, JM. Everyone knows I the thought Loch Ness you Monster. Met, I, I thought you were setting me up for a trap, like real monsters or something like that. Oh, right. No. <laughs> Are you alluding to our guest? Uh, I mean, I didn't know what you were, I didn't know where you were going, Robbie. I thought it was a trap. That's all so, I knew. Okay, I'll, I'll be quiet. What do you, what do you, do you, what do you want to uh, talk about in the intro? <laughs> I've tried, I've tried to theme it. I've tried to make it as thematic as possible. um uh i tried to play hitman 3 on the switch wow they have a cloud version on the switch um and it was uh unimpressive and Mm. i didn't even get through the tutorial uh like they were like basically it was just enough to make sure that your internet connection works so that you could play the game and then uh and then it like so it wasn't even enough to get through the tutorial so it's a shame because um, I didn't get a chance to get hooked. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't uh, risk Switch personally. No, I've been playing on PS4. And, yeah. Well, yep. And predictably, I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing. Uh, it's probably the best selection of levels that they have done so far. And uh, there's been some uh, connection issues with that as well. Um, upon completion of levels but I think uh, 
it's not happening every time, but it's enough to kind of like when you've put like an hour into a level and then it disconnects, it's kind of annoying. But uh, what do you mean it disconnects? So because you have to be online, um, it's like an always online game. I guess that's like a holdover. Even though from, it's single player? Yeah, I think it's a holdover kind of from when it was episodic um, and tracking all of the progress between the three games like your character progression because you unlock uh-huh. so much stuff and you you know you have level mastery and stuff like that yeah um, so, it, so they just it, want to make sure you're not cheating i don't know but it, it for whatever reason i mean i really don't know what the reason is but um they all three games have always been online and you can play offline but then when you go back online your progression doesn't carry over I really don't understand. Well, that's um, yeah, I know. Weird. I've, it's been since the first game. I've honestly no idea why they do it, but um, it's been annoying in this game because uh, since launch, uh, sometimes when you uh, are playing the game, or usually when you finish a level, mm-hmm. um, it'll it'll be like, oh, you got disconnected, um, and I guess it's just a bug. But uh, I don't know. But it's it's a few of my play sessions have been spoiled a little bit by that but Hmm. uh i have played it since the weekend and not had any issues so um but it's good too many other people playing your game is the problem maybe yeah but uh yeah it's really good so bit of exciting news uh you've seen the hitman bald guy tattoo on the back of his neck imposing figure we have the character model, the man they scanned to be the hitman, here with us today. And I know it's going to blow your mind, Robbie. Now, now I know why you were so nervous. The man, the myth, the legend, Graham Struthers. Oh, wow. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> hey, Graham, welcome to the show. Yeah. Uh, before we go any further, um, uh, where I'm sitting is, is surrounded by laptops, cables, headphones, microphones. This has been hard. This has been the hardest thing I've done for the last. Yes. So we should probably clarify that uh, Graham is the IT manager here at Devolver. <laughs> <laughs> We're doomed. <laughs> and um, and. Re- if anything, recording this week's podcast has been the most seamless of any episode that we've mm. uh, mm-hmm. we've set out on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> um, so first of all, Jim, like you've got many talents. Thank you. Uh, not the least of which is your incredible capacity to do voices, accents, mimic uh, other uh, nationalities. So. Uh-oh. I- I'm only offering this in the context of just helping you be better at what you do. Okay. So in Scotland, uh-huh. uh, it's the Loch Ness Monster, not Loch. Loch. The, the Loch Ness Monster. You see, you just nailed it. Unlike Robbie, who's English and will never get it right. I will always say Loch. Yeah. <laughs> you can't change me. That is so true. I voted for Brexit. Of course you, of course you did. Of course you, uh, I have that bumper sticker on my car. Yeah. Hi, well, Graham. Hello, uh, Graham. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Why don't you tell the good folks what 
your title is at Devolver Digital, if you happen to have one? Well, uh, when, when you invited me onto your show, and thank you very much, uh, I, I, I did understand that that was part of it, that there would be this question, which, which led me to asking Harry um, if I had one. <laughs> and, and I think that might mean that he's probably thinking, wait, if he hasn't got a job tie, so why do we actually still have him? <laughs> so, so as far as I understand it, I can just make it up. Oh, I mean, that's what I did. Well, no, yeah. Mike made mine up, but yeah. Yeah. So I think right now I'm just chief strategy and synergy compliance yeah. officer. Chief strategy and synergy compliance officer. Yeah. So nice. other people have the strategy and the synergies. I'm just making sure they comply. Yeah. And you're the yeah. chief compliance officer, which implies that there are other compliance officers that report to you. Oh, I really haven't thought this through. And that you are the law in this situation. Yeah. You're kind of outside the normal structure, structural hierarchy. <laughs> you are, I believe, what, what is called a Sigma male. Is that the new... That, uh, what is that? Is that... It's some it's dumb like, shit. Is that, is that, is that above that, an alpha? Wait, is like, that good? Yeah, it's good. No, it's it's good. I mean, but it's dumb. It's not real. Uh, so the people <laughs> that are obsessed with like alpha males, beta males, and all that shit that isn't real, uh, they have recently come out with the sigma male, which is a male on the same level as an alpha male, but who exists outside the hierarchy. I, I'm just sticking with the. You, you said that I'm good, but I'm dumb. So no, no, <laughs> <laughs> not you. Um. Well, great. It's so it's so excellent to have our chief strategy and synergy compliance officer finally joining, joining us on the show to make certain that we are in compliance with all of Devolver Digital's strategy and synergistic things. Things. God damn it. I fucking whiffed it on the end. No, uh, that's why Graham's here. That's why Graham's here. Yeah. Put it into compliance. Exactly. Synergizes it all together. I don't know really so what Graham, any of those words mean. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> uh, like everything Carl Jung came up with, people have just taken it way out of context. Um, Graham, you're one of the core founding members of Devolver. Do you feel a lot of shame about that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I... I... I always find people who find themselves amusing, amusing. Uh, no, um, <laughs> do I feel shame? I uh, no, actually, no, no. I, I've thought about it, and the answer is no. Hell yeah. Do you feel proud do about it? Oh. Uh, do I feel proud about it? I mean, could you? Obviously, you can add in some music, and when you when you edit this, and if you could just have some, you know, lovely, mournful violins that will build up to crescendo as I monologue absolutely so when we when we started devolver digital little did we know um that it would grow to be this you know seismic revolutionary turning publishing on its head kind of like rewriting the rules um making rules up and rewriting those rules kind of company so yes i mean heartstrings are pulled um many things are pulled uh, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty proud of all of this, including this. Wonderful. 
this is the highlight sh- for sure. I mean, for you, yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we finally when, get to talk to Graham. Yeah. <laughs> Normally he just ignores us. Um, you are... You, for founding Devolver, you're the only non-American founder of the company. That's right. And how, so how did, how did you end up being that? <laughs> so all, all, all good stories have a kind of origin, you know, going on. Yeah, what's, what's your superhero origin story? How did you well, so, go to the so beginning? I, so, well, no, no, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, I, I went to, to Kilimanjaro, which is a, a mountain, if you didn't know that. Uh, in Africa to meet Hagler and we met in a a really tiny, tiny bar uh, on the side of Kilimanjaro, not very high up. (laughs) And and, and I met Harry uh, in this tiny uh, bar and uh, we were going to climb Kilimanjaro, which actually means walk up it because, you know, you you don't really have to climb it. You just sort of walk. Is Kilimanjaro (laughs) chill like that? But it's very chill. I mean, uh, I mean, if you, you you can go different ways up, right? I mean, you know. But we we, we chose the path of least resistance. Sounds Some, familiar. By the way, uh, for what comes later, and uh, yeah, so there we were, and and Harry had you know previously been involved in gathering of developers, one of the founders, and and I think uh, you know he was contemplating, you know, coming back to the world of video games, and I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll cozy up to Harry Miller, make him feel like I could be part of the future, and uh, just, just sort of like insulate, it, it, it kind of get my, get inside, get, 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 you know, kind of like, you know, not force my way and just make it feel like it was the natural choice to bring me in as well. Burrow like a tick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it kind of worked. Also, <laughs> I understand that to Americans, a British accent can make you sound more intelligent than you actually are. Well, I was going to say you you use your Glaswegian charm <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to subtly kind of you know wheedle your way into the company. Yeah, basically that. Uh huh. Also, there was always going to be factions in Devolver, so I was always very good at like you know making sure I was in every faction. Creating uh-huh. those factions and then <laughs> driving wedges between the other members. No, no, no. Well, yeah, maybe. letting, letting them, them know that they could yeah. all trust you, so mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. you could ultimately end up pulling the strings. Uh, that part of the plan is yet to be executed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's out there now, or it will be when we publish this podcast. Yeah, but it's not like how you listens to this, so we're good. That's I, true. I, is that real? Kil- side of Kilimanjaro is where you all met. Uh, that's where I met Harry, yeah. It, and that's that, like that's a point-and-click video game, man. It's like, <laughs> like, oh, you're at the bar, like, you know, establishing shot of Kilimanjaro, there's a little the rectangle bar, and then you Harry go in San and Diego. Like, have this, like, point-and-click conversation with Harry to, to get in. Well, I mean, if you want to go that's back amazing. in the origin what? story, I met I met Wilson uh, in, in, in it's, it's 622 Broadway in the, in the reception of... Uh, Rockstar uh, stroke take two, and uh, when 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 he walked in, I was I was there on time. He was late, 
he walked in, this 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 dude from uh, Take Two kind of looked at him and went, "Who the fuck let you in?" And then just marched out, <laughs> and leaving leaving myself and Mike to introduce each other to, to ourselves to to each other. And I was like, "You're pretty popular around here." And he's like. <laughs> I, I am interested to go to hear about your 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 actual journey through the world of video games from the start because you know when I started at Devolver I um you know I was kind of like wow these people have been involved in like some some cool shit like Mike you know like got his start with fucking Doom uh, and then you were the other uh, resume that made me excited at the time because uh, you worked on Command and Conquer in some capacity. And that was, I was like, what? I fucking love Command and Conquer. So I want to hear, I want to know Graham's journey. I want to, I don't know Graham's story. So, um, you know, again, I won't go too far back. Otherwise, we're going to run out of digital recording equipment. <laughs> um, I, I, I worked for this uh, massive retail company uh, who, who actually sold uh, the NES and later on Master System and then Mega Drive or Genesis, as you call it in America, mm-hmm. and Super Nintendo, and, and they sold hardware, but they didn't sell software. And myself and a sidekick kind of managed to convince them they needed uh, needed software, and so I became the buyer, and he became the marketing person. And so that's that's where I started to meet uh, all these different games developers and publishers, and it was pretty clear that that side was way more interesting than, than the bit I was involved in. <laughs> this is the 90s? Uh, yeah. So I managed nice. to kind of make the jump. Uh, made the jump over to a company called Virgin Games. And mm-hmm. this was when, this was when uh, the world of, of, of you know, this was when video games had become interesting to big companies. So there was a lot of acquisitions went on. And so Virgin got bought by Spelling, who got bought by Viacom, and we suddenly became part of Viacom, which was hideous. But you know, <laughs> for for a couple of years, they left us alone. And in that time, I got to work on uh, Command and Conquer. And one of the reasons why I joined Virgin was they published a, a game called June, um, which was a Westwood Studios game. And I was that was my addiction. That was my absolute addiction. Uh, so, so to get the chance to work with them was actually like, you know, are you kidding me? And actually, funnily enough, no one else really wanted to do it at that point because everyone was more excited about console gaming. And PC gaming was considered like, oh, it's on the way out. It's kind of, you know... <laughs> <laughs> they still say and, that. No, the, yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> and, and strategy games were considered dull and, you know... Even though they would always sell well, they were not considered sexy and cool. Really, we yeah. all know that there's as nothing a child, sexier than simulation. Well, as a as someone who was a kid in the '90s, like consuming these products, to me, strategy games were like the fucking end all be all. I mean, fighting games were cool in the '90s, but like that was when Warcraft Two happened. That was when Command and Conquer happened. That was when uh, Dark Reign happened. Like all of these really cool strategy games yeah. were happening. So that's that's wild for me to hear that that but was if, if within you, the industry. That was the mindset. If you if you think about you know you mentioned you know Mike and obviously working at 
it did. That's where all the cool dollars were. It was over there with oh. Oh, that kind of gaming. And, you know, we're, we're, we're just about to see the beginnings of PlayStation. And, and of course, um, and there was this weird bit in between, which was, you know, FMV gaming, where it's like... Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Hollywood movie stars turning up in, in these kind of, like, you know, games, which came on about 16 CDs. The interactive DVD menus that were games. Yeah. So, so, so strategy games, actually, for, for a while, if you take, you, you know, you mentioned Warcraft, you know, you were kind of like in, in the corner, you know, the kind of dusty corner of any office was where the strategy people were. Um, so, but when, when Command & Conquer came out, um, it blew the doors off. You know, it literally it, it redefined numbers. Um, and and was, it was a phenomenon, but I I would venture that's because it just happened to have some absolute is it's an amazing game, but it had some real yeah. genius marketing people working on it in America, in Germany, France, in the UK, like really clever motherfuckers, and they created some amazing campaigns that kind of made it feel like it was the cool thing to be involved in. So kudos to them. That also mixed like the '90s FMV because they had all those FMV cutscenes. Like I remember Kane and all that stuff. You know, like yeah. all those. Joe Cookin, yeah, Joe mm-hmm. actually worked. Uh, Kane was Joe Cookin. He worked. In this, he was actually an employee of Westwood Studios. He wasn't there. And uh, the original Command and <laughs> Conquer, the, the your 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 um, GDI command mm-hmm. that was a a guy off of a local weather station in Vegas. No shit, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. What was so, the Oh sorry. No, I you was go. just I was just curious what your kind of biggest highlight was from Let's stick on Command and Conquer because I think that's quite an interesting topic because I played a shitload of Command and Conquer um on my own <laughs> in the uh the skirmish mode. Was it skirmish? Where you could it was skirmish like, mode, yeah. Well, because when it just you could just set three teams up together and play. I'll take I'll take you through the lineage of Command and Conquer. So when it launched, it was a DOS game. Windows had yet to happen, so it launched as a DOS game, and then we launched the Windows version, the Windows ninety five version. Sorry, or was it Windows Report? I can't remember. Anyway, we launched we launched it as a DOS game, and then it, we got it onto Windows. Then there was a couple of mission discs. Uh, yeah. Then and then almost like. Within 12 months, I think it was just a bit more than that, uh, we had Red Alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, some mission discs that came with that. But, I mean, in terms of like highlights, um, specific to the UK, uh, the guy, we had this, uh, you know, really charismatic head of marketing, and he ran this ad campaign, which was only published on about 25 or 30 massive billboard sites, but ones that were next to media, like TV stations. And the campaign was just called Previous High Scorers. So it had this Command & Conquer font. But if you imagine this billboard, it's like, it's like 12 portraits of previous high scorers. So there was Hitler. There was Stalin. There was Margaret Thatcher. Yes. <laughs> there was Ronald Reagan, and so it had a it had a, a Genghis Khan. So it so it it got instantly banned. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. But made all the but then became a story that just broke out. 
Oh my god! We also ran campaigns. Some of the campaigns we ran over the, over those two years, because working at Virgin, you could you could really go off the chain. It's kind of like part of the Virgin brand, you, and and so there was some amazing creative from Command and Conquer and Red Alert over here in Europe. It was much more aggressive, I would say, much more kind of like in your face. Yeah. Um, constantly being banned, constantly, I was constantly being pulled in front of advertising sources <laughs> to be banned. Um, we actually had a jihad taken out on one of our marketing people at a certain point, you know, or whatever that. Yeah. So it, it was, it was, all, it was a crazy time. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Amazing. And then we and then we got bought by Electronic Arts, and things changed. <laughs> <laughs> so so Virgin gets bought by EA. Yes. And so I, I, I where became, does Graham go? So so I kind of well at that point we were Westwood Studios mid during the acquisition that they were like maybe a year out from finishing the third game, Tiberium Sun. Mm-hmm. Which also we'd been working on for a while, so so I kind of went over to Electronic Arts, uh, and and my idea in my mind was, I kind of felt I was, I was so kind of involved in kind of Conquer that I wanted to stay to 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 be part of the launch of Tiberium Sun. I wasn't sure what would happen after that, um, so I joined uh, with the acquisition, you know, and um, I think I was a bit of a curiosity. If I'm being honest, you know, because you know the the way that we ran the Command and Conquer IP over here in Europe was it was it was a lot of fun and it was slightly anarchic, but it worked really well, right? And I don't think electronic arts were ever going to be up for the kind of stuff that Virgin had been involved in, so I I kind of had to adjust um to to to, to different sort of reality, um and that. Once, once I adjusted, I realised there's no way I, you know, I'm going to fit here. Nothing bad to say about electronic arts and the people I work with; they're sure. all lovely, but you know, it's just a different culture. And and they're the ones who are profitable and survived, whereas Virgin, I think, crashed and burned. <laughs> it was fun whilst it lasted. Where did you go next? I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I set up my own company. Um, which uh, was called Indigo Pearl. Um, and, Wait, uh, what? The yeah. same Indigo Pearl that exists today? Yes. Yes. Uh, I was not aware of that. The same Indigo yeah. Pearl that until he stormed out drunk and saying, I'm going to go work at Devolver, that Robbie used to work at? That's the one, yeah. The very same. <laughs> I tried to bring it down single-handedly, but... Uh, <laughs> It was too much of a job for one man, <laughs> so I joined Devolver instead. Bring this one down. Which yeah, it's like much a easier. Likelier target. It's much easier to bring this company down from the inside. <laughs> so you founded Indigo Pearl, which is a PR and marketing agency. Yeah, but that wasn't what it was at the time. We, um, back in the olden days, before the internet really had taken hold, when you worked in video games companies, there was you know never. Uh, everything had to be, you know, sent wherever, wherever anything was being sent, artwork, materials, PR materials, software for preview, review. You'd just be curating stuff, you know, and it was, you know, even working at Virgin, it was, the, the bills were astonishing. Every month you'd be like, you know, 
thousands upon thousands of dollars just on courier fees. So we we were ahead of the curve. We had come up with this asset management system, utilizing the internet, uh, utilizing the the you know feature busting one meg pipes that were beginning to get laid around London, and we were going to pitch this to publishers how they would be more efficient and save money, and everyone would everyone would look great, you know. So we set up Emil Carl, we built this asset management system, we went out and pitched it to all these games publishers and they all flatly refused it. It was like, oh, shit. That's not going very well. Um, but one of the people we pitched said, but why aren't you guys doing PR? You know, you know, not really interested in this bizarre asset management system, but we do need some help with PR. And that was, uh, at that time, that was a game that was going to go on and become a big success. I think we were pivotal. That was Grand Theft Auto 3. Oh, no shit. So we got hired on to do the PR for the UK uh, for three Rockstar games, uh, Midnight, Racing Club, Smuggler's Run, and GTA 3. And and it kind of was a pivot point where once you start working in PR and, you know, and the other guys in the team, Caroline particularly, just saw that that was a much better chance for the company. Um, and as everybody knows me, knows I am not a person for PR. Um, quite charming um, yeah charm I guess um, so, so at that point it was like I kind of feel like I need to go and do something else and that's where uh, Gathering of Developers 2 the, the sequel if you will mm-hmm. was being contemplated and uh, I got hired into set up the producer group um, and get it back up and running and Wilson that's where I first Meet Wilson. They they hired Mike back to gathering to be a kind of uh, personality for the company, and, you know, kind of just bring it back because they'd been mothballed for about at that point for about three or four years. And then that became oh, that became uh, a short term gig. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I like how you settled back like that was the end of the story. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, you know. Um, so we, we started, you know, we, well, there was a bunch of games in development. Uh, there was games added to the roster. And uh, it felt like we had a good, kind of, we, I feel we had a good light up at that point. Uh, we certainly felt, you know, good about the future. But then this odd thing that happens in big companies, um, they, they, they change direction. And when they change direction, it was like, oh, so all the things we were doing were no longer really that important. Um, And uh, I remember Mike just saying to me, Graham, just shut up and take the money. Shut up and take the money. (laughs) Which was good advice. (laughs) Because my... kind of mantra. Because at that point, uh, my much, much better half was was, about seven months pregnant and uh, with... with, uh, now beautiful daughter and and I was like I can't do it I can't shut up and take the money so I quit um, and then spent about three or four months not really doing anything um, I mean I mean I'm sure I did something I feel like you might have had a daughter in that yeah video. you might have done a bit oh yeah yeah maybe. so there was, there was that's that's what I was doing <laughs>
But you meant the best thing about not having a job, right? Totally the best thing about not having a job. It's over here in the UK, they release new movies, I think it's generally on a Wednesday lunchtime. And if you go to the movies on Wednesday lunchtime, it's just you in, the, in that cinema. Maybe maybe some old age pensioners. But you get to see movies without all the people eating five course snacks. Are there any particular movie moments that stand out to you from that time? I know it's all a blur with a bunch of unimportant things. Is <laughs> there a movie you saw while your wife was at home? I'm glad I'm glad you got up. Because <laughs> the, the movie that actually does literally stand out from that was the Born uh, Identity. Oh, that was a good one. And made me want a mini Cooper. I'm a fan of Greengrass, the director, and I didn't really know much more about it than he was a director, and I thought, okay, I'm unemployed. Apparently I've got time on my hands. It's a solid use of uh, your spare time. Yeah, and then I just drifted. Just drifted and then yeah, I did, I did. one day woke I mean, up I, at the foot of Mount Kilimanjaro, <laughs> thought, yeah. time to get back into the business. I follow, I follow that man with the star, that Texan star. Yeah, so how did you know to track Harry to Africa? Oh, it's not a Wilson story. So it, it, just before I quit Take Two, um, the, there's a, a UK games charity, which is awesome and raises money for really good causes. And they, they, they were doing this trip to Kilimanjaro. It was raising money and some of the money was going to be invested into some school projects. Uh, in this area of Kilimanjaro and so basically prior to me quitting Take Two had agreed to sponsor uh, three of us uh, Mike was going to be one of them myself and another guy called Kelly so um, they'd actually to their credit they'd paid the sponsorship um, so it was up to us just to individually raise money on top of that yeah. and um and then Mike called me and he said, I, I can't actually make it. I realised it, 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 it's a clash with Burning Man. Uh, but my, my buddy Harry is, is going to come along in, in, in my stead. Uh, so that, that was that. It was, it was just, and, and those of us who know Mike, uh, you know, you're, you're always prepared for, you know, that kind of eventuality that, that, that yeah. Mike, Mike the best intentions and will always do what he says he's going to do right up to the point he doesn't <laughs> and I, because yep. he's because he's because he's genuinely forgot he had something else <laughs> <laughs> such a social butterfly um, so yeah so uh, yeah so that, that's that's the origin of Harry wow I I, I defy defy any other middle-ranking games publisher out there to have such good origin story. <laughs> are we, uh, are mean, we still only middle-ranking? We might be slipping, for all I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, we might be the only... Are we the only middle-ranking thing that's not been bought by someone else? Yeah, that might be the case, actually. That might be the thing. Because, yeah, everybody's owned by Microsoft or Tencent or EA these days. Maybe we just give out a really bad aura. <laughs> might be it. Might be it. Yeah, we just like people just assume that would we'd lose the money <laughs> if if they somehow absorbed us into their company, they'd get poorer. <laughs> That's not an assumption. That's a guarantee. <laughs> That's a promise. 
No. That's a devolver promise. <laughs> we will we will do our utmost to improve everything. So you've been with Devolver for what? Eleven years now? Eleven teen years, yeah. Eleven teen years. Um <clears throat> I mean, I don't. I don't really know. I, I don't have a question. I mean, uh, I guess uh, you know, having not really known what your title was until this very day, you know, uh, you were always just you know one of the one of well, you know, it was just the six people of Devolver at first, and you were one of them. And I guess to me, how do I say this without getting all sappy? Like you are, uh, you are a curmudgeon. Uh, <laughs> but, but more importantly, and, and, and more, uh, you know, I don't know, you're also, I guess when I think of you, I think of someone who cares very much for the people around them. You care very much for the people that are with this company that we work with, the developers, how publishing these games affects and improves the lives of a lot of these developers. Um, you know, when they have the opportunity to get their game shown and shared with more people than maybe they would have been able to on their own, you know, cause that's optimistically what we're here for is to help get them out into the world. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I mean, it's, thank you. That's very nice. Uh, but you know, the thing for me is like, if you go back to, and, and you know, joke about them and perhaps you don't give them enough credit. I mean, you know, Harry, Mike and Rick, when they, when they formed around the gathering of developers, um, this idea that they had was central to the whole, what, central to what Devolver is, which was, yeah. they had been on the developer side where the routes to, to getting your game, you forget about, you know, trying to tell potential uh, fans about your game, you had to get through this this whole series of hurdles, which was even to get your game listed in retail stores. Yeah. Um. And and the the way that the, the industry worked in those days was that you know all the risk was always on the developer. You know, find the money to make your game, find the the you know the finances to survive, um, find someone to do your distribution. They'll take a big chunk. Then the retailer takes a big chunk. And, and and by the time you got to the end of the journey, even when your game did do well, you ultimately were just barely scraping a living. So they, they really had this idea of, like, you know, getting a bunch of developers together, and, and through that they'd have enough um, momentum to, to do it themselves. Yeah. Um, and, you know... Meeting Mike and Harry, albeit I didn't meet them together, I met them separately. Um, what struck me with both of them, whilst they're quite different in their in their approach, you know, their personalities, they are incredibly loyal. Uh, yeah. There, there's there's a sort of like almost like a fierceness to that loyalty. Um, and and Rick, who is the the quieter of the three, is like this 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 almost like a, I hate to say it, but it's like it's like having this rod of steel that runs through your company. You'll never deviate. You all, as in you know, the ethics of the company, are, are literally unbendable. Yeah. And when you got Rick taking care of all of the, making sure that the money is there, making sure that you're not doing things that you can't afford, making sure that your cash flow is based on where you're headed, 
not based on opportunities that might arise. They struck me as like a formidable, uh, really truly formidable team. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess this is where you come in, Jim, because like, uh, you know, when we were devolver myself and Nigel were doing, you know, the, you know, well, I guess we were anything other than making video games, we were doing it, you know, and Nigel was working at an ad agency. I was doing sort of like project work over here. So when we did events like E3 or, well, E3 is a great example. We went in there with Series Sam 3. And Mike had just like, he said, you guys are going to be staying in this hotel. It's normally not possible, but one of my buddies has booked all these rooms and I've managed to grab a couple. So you've now got rooms. Then, oh, they normally have a party in this part of the hotel and they rent the space, but they're not going to use it on these three days when we can present the game. Well, here's my other friend. Uh, she does PR. Her name's Stephanie. <laughs> so she's going she's gonna to convince the media to walk, like, you know, a couple of miles up from E3 to come and see the game. And here's my friend's uh, boyfriend who works in the local tequila bar, but he's a massive gamer and loves Serious Sam. He'll help demo the game. <laughs> so, so Mike would bring these people in yeah. that, 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 you know, just made everything work. And Stephanie, when I first met her, I was, I mean, I was in awe of her, but I was also vaguely kind of like frightened. She seemed to know everybody. She seemed to be just making things happen. Um, so that's the three, but then not, not long, you know, further down the line when we started contemplating doing things like going to go to PAX, we're going to do that, but you know, uh, like you turned up. And again, it's a very devolver thing to say, but if anyone's turned up, it's because there's a reason they're there, even if you don't know what the reason is. But you know the person's going to be fine because someone else has decided that's the right person for what you're doing. So when you turned up, it's not like, well, why you or what are you going to do? It's like, oh, cool. <laughs> and I feel like that's, that's, that's the gift of Mike and Harry as well, that they've, they've got, they had a lot of connections and those connections would just start to unfold as the company started to evolve. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's your origin story. Those three guys were, you know, and as I say, they don't really take a great deal of credit for it. Cause I don't think they know how to. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's a really strong basis for growing a company because we're still growing now, but it feels it still feels like that's exactly how it how it how it works. <laughs> you know, like yeah. someone will be on a call or on an email and it, and be introduced and be like, "Oh, this is so and so. They're here now," and it's like, <laughs> "Great," <laughs> you know, like because they know you know they'd worked with someone else or they know someone who's a friend and you know just kind of filled a need but it was just the right person that everyone was already friends with yeah and uh it's you know there's you know you, you know you, we're all allowed to worry right especially when you're kind of you know living through this particular period in human history there's there's a lot of things that can kind of like make you yeah, worry yeah. Mm. um the the thing that i've always really really liked about where we've all ended up is that um Whenever someone else has joined into the into the group, the rest of the group is is interested and happy rather than wondering why or suspicious. It's like it's like oh wow cool we've got 
you know, when Abby joined, you know, I mean, obviously I'd met Abby a few times through going out to, to, to China and specifically to, to Shanghai. For her, for her as an individual, joining a company where culturally, geographically, time distance, the whole, everything stacks against you. And I think it's fair to say that she was slightly nervous about this, you know, this group of people that she's going to come over to Austin and meet. And as I was like, oh, you, I said, I guarantee you this, when you arrive in Austin, you won't, you won't ever be looking around for, the, for anyone to talk to or hang out with. You'll, you'll, you'll be swept along with it all. You'll, <laughs> you'll just be... You know, she... I think and that's, that, that's, 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 that's another thing that makes our company a really special place because anyone that comes in is just like instantly welcome. There's never yeah. a sense of like, you know... So I, I love that. And it's, it's, it's because everyone's like that. You know? It's cool. Yeah. So you're all quite special, really, aren't you? <laughs> Which one of us is the most special, though? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you're actually giving it some thought. No, it's like... Uh, <laughs> I, I, think, cause I think one of the things I was going to say, one of, one of the, the, the pleasures I think I have in my role, or a lack of role, whatever it is, <laughs> I've probably... Um, had the most chance to hang out with people, you know, like whether it's like Hazel and Abby and Simon over in China, you know, because I've been there a few times with Harry on those trips or over here in Europe or meeting the producer group. I think I've probably had that opportunity more than anyone else to just spend time with people in their actually, where they actually work, whatever country that might be. Um, so um, everybody's got, to me, anyway, everyone's got like quite, quite interesting, like ticks, personalities. One thing you've all, one thing I think everyone developer has got is a very, very well developed sense of humour. <laughs> it's the most sarcastic collection of motherfuckers ever on cover. <laughs> and I, I especially the only respect, way to get through the day. I especially respect people who are, who are doing high level sarcasm in a second language. You know, like you know, you know, oh man. That to yeah. me is like, you know, and I also, one of my favorite ones for pure sarcasm is Hazel, because she uses silence in a way that is weaponizing. Oh, man. <laughs> Hazel is formidable. Oh. <laughs> I just got all sappy now. I'm like, oh. <laughs> whole zeitgeist of Devolver, like, you know, caring about, I don't know. It's good. It makes me happy. Uh, should, we should, the thing is, it's like you do, with, with great responsibility does come power. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I see it that way around, by the way, not the other way around. Uh, no, I think mm. we do have, you know, like, we're privileged. We are privileged, but it's, it's because we've mm-hmm. created this. You know, we've created something that's working, successful, happy, positive, uh, encouraging, and there's no reason why every other company on the planet shouldn't follow this model. It does. Amen. Yeah, it does That's feel fucking lootly. Especially when, especially when just everything works. You know, it's not like it's not like we're just kind of coasting along <laughs> or yeah. like you know surviving by the skin of our teeth. It's like everything works and people are happy and yeah. yeah it just. It. I think back. I mean, I've been very lucky. Like. Indigo Pearl was 
a great company to work for for similar reasons. It had its own, you know, stresses and pressures, the same as most jobs do, particularly working in PR agency. That's kind of unavoidable, really. But, like, when I think back to kind of, you know, larger companies that I worked for, when I worked in retail and stuff like this, and, yeah, those places come with their own pressures, but you just look at the way that some companies are run and just think, wow. Some people just, like, they don't even hide the fact that they're just, like, out for themselves or don't the value... predatory. Yeah, don't value lower, uh, lower skill or lower, you know, lower income employees and things like yeah. that. Well, it's I've always, fucked. I've always been very resentful of any word that categorises any human. Um, yeah. Because it means that you're, you're, you're attaching a word to them, which, which is a negative. So lower means not as good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's you know, the sappiness about devolvers. Like, we, we're a hard-nosed business. Like, there's no, we, we can, we, there's all these things that we do, which are, which are very much part of who we are, but we are a business. And, you know, I was, like, in, in the last few weeks, you know, you know I, I went back and read some of the old interviews that we did back in, 2011 and 12 and 13 and we we kind of did present ourselves as like the yeah oh it's all just you know we don't know what's happening next we're kind of making up as we go along it's all a bit wacky i think that was because that time we weren't very confident about saying out loud we do have a plan uh we are very very thoughtful about how we're going to try and build this business our business not the industry i mean that'll do its own thing right um, and, you know, again, testament to, to, in this case, Harry was like, Harry's always been very thoughtful about, okay, we're, we've now established ourselves in North America and thanks to all the efforts through things like PAX and GDC and E3, um, created a certain presence. But what about China? What about Brazil? What about Japan? What about South Korea? And so he's always pushed us to go out there and, and see how we can, you know, grow um, success in those places and, and that's been awesome I mean, it's, it's been amazing Yeah. Um, but at the same time it's like wherever you go treat people like you'd like to be treated yourself it shouldn't be hard it just shouldn't be hard yeah yeah. and and one thing that Rick has also done which is again it doesn't really get any kind of credit in the wider world pay everybody on time <laughs> oh my god never leave anybody <laughs> hanging never leave anybody hanging for their money now, that, I don't just mean like yeah. paying your staff, paying your paying your developers and paying royalties because those are the, the, the key ingredients, right? I mean, contractors. Every single yeah, person. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm immensely proud of that, that we don't get chased ever. Yeah. So Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, but Robbie, I don't have your luxurious hair. <laughs> If you put your hair on my head, I'd be getting chased all over time. <laughs> <laughs> that can be arranged. I'll donate it. Mm. Anyway, um, so yeah, we're 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 we we need to just be aware that yes, we are kind of lucky, but it's not luck actually. It's 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 because we've got we've got a good bunch of leaders, and they've got really solid. Um, beliefs that are awesome. Yeah. Credit to them. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I remember when I was new, like, looking around and being like, oh, wow, like, you know, they're successful, but they're, like, 
decent people. They're decent to everybody. And the policies and the structure of the system is decent and compassionately minded. And I remember I was very excited. I was like, oh, they understand the concept of enough around here. Like, this is enough. Like, we're getting enough from this. We're profiting enough. We don't need to gouge anybody. We don't need to, you know, just take the IP from developers. Like, all these things that are very simple, human, humane things to do. And it still can work. And it, it sort of flies in the face of all of the more predatory corporate practices that pretend that the only way to make a profit is to be, you know, just absolutely heinous in the process. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, the, the, there's, like, to bring it back to the, the, the sort of the lighter side of life is that um, we've seen, you know, in the last, certainly in the last decade, video games has been in its best place. Um, which maybe for some people is, you know, not what they imagine. They might think it's not, but it is. And that doesn't, it, it should continually strive to improve in every way, you know. But, you know, we've seen through our own eyes, you know, uh, not just people that work with us, but some who have, many who have. We've seen developers go from an idea to a project to a result to a life that they can support, you know, through their own amazing efforts. They've They've become successful. They've actually created companies. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've also seen companies that, you know, like, you know, whether it's Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo embrace those types of developers as well. Um, and, it, you know, we, we, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, I kind of feel like as an industry, we're in an in interesting place. We can push on. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we should. Uh, and, 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 you know, whatever problems we have, address them and overcome them as best and as quickly as we can. But let's, let's just say that the most democratic industry might be ours, and it needs to continue that journey. Yeah. Wow, two beers in. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just, I love you, Graham. Oh. I love you, and that's all I want to say. Oh. Well, I I'll like you, Graham. Beer. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Graham is you are the entire reason why I'm even in this company in the first place. So, uh, and I and I worked for your old company <laughs> as well. So, yes. it's just a you are term. literally almost single handedly as responsible. Yeah, it's uh, just basically me on the video games industry. Yeah, the story arc for you, Robbie, is that if that's all true, then eventually I get your kidneys. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine by me. Kittens? You'll never take. You'll never kidneys. get my hair, though. You'll never get my hair. <laughs> we need to be realistic about this. Yes. Oh damn. Kidneys, absolutely. Kidney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie would rather give you both kidneys than his hair. Which <laughs> is fair. Yeah. I'm very proud of it. Good hair. It's lovely hair. Yeah. Maybe Thanks. the best hair devolver. Oh. Uh, Are we into the portion where we uh, rate the members of devolver based on various physical attributes? I don't, I, don't, I don't think we should go down that path ever. <laughs> You're too modest, Graham. We all know you're hench. Mm. Andrew's I, got great hair. 
He's got gray hair. Great everything. He's yeah, got he gray hair. Great gray hair. He's got silver hair. That that is silver. And Mark Hickey. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, Mark Hickey hair. just needs to bang his face into a wall to stop having those cheekbones. Just do <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've got a couple of questions for you and we're out of time thanks so much for being on the show Graham it's been a real pleasure it's been a hoot and a holler <sighs> sorry hoot and a holler so my question number one goes to Robbie uh oh so what thing that you were doing or th- pick anything something that you were doing pre-Covid pre-pandemic that you don't imagine will be something you'd go back to doing post-COVID? Um, something I was doing pre-pandemic that I yeah. won't be doing post-pandemic. And it, it, it might be something you were doing because of your job. It might be something... I just mean like something you just like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not bringing that back. That's gone. That's done with that. Um, well, honestly, this is going to make me sound really boring. But I I stopped drinking alcohol mm-hmm. last year, and it's been about I don't know six or six months or something now, and I don't miss it really, and it's been quite nice not being hungover <laughs> because I feel <laughs> like I used to spend a lot of my time being really hungover. And and I feel like that was something that uh, I I just kind of like I didn't really think about I didn't really dwell on it too much, but then I don't know whether it was just being at home more, you know, and obviously like so not not having the uh, the option, let alone the impetus to just like go out every night or anything like that. I don't know. It just kind of like changed my feelings about it i suppose and then gradually i just started having a good time with my friends when i was able to hang out with my friends um without getting wasted so and that was quite nice (laughs) so i think i'll probably keep that up to be honest with you although i do miss going to the pub like i I definitely want to do that (laughs) again at some point if there still are pubs in the future. Hmm. So that's my that's my boring answer. And uh, JM, it's like um, post pandemic. First place you're gonna go? It's not in the city you live in. It could be another, uh, country, well, another, I, I, another, another part of the world. Where are you gonna head? Oh, um, <clears throat> uh. I mean, so the the city I live in, I haven't actually gotten to see yet, because uh, I moved here during the pandemic. <laughs> so I was like, the first thing I was like, I'm going to explore the town I live in. I don't fucking <laughs> like, you know, what I miss about pre-pandemic from from when I lived in Austin and all that stuff was getting on my bike and just riding around and wandering the town and just like seeing, like you know, just being like, oh, there's a restaurant, I'm going to stop in there and have lunch, you know. Oh, there's a place, I'm going to stop in there. Oh, there's a place, what do they do, you know? And just kind of getting to know the place that I live in and, and you know, finding places that I like. Um, so that's something I'm going to do in the town I live in. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know about travel. Um, I mean, uh, I, I don't really 
I, I've never been good at uh, traveling uh, of my own volition. Uh, <laughs> the, it, I like it. I love it. But it, 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 the planning of it causes me tremendous anxiety. Uh, it's, it's not something that my brain does well. Uh, so, you know, I mean, okay. You know, okay. Well, then visiting so, my family. So and where'd, then, you, know, where'd you want me to organize? Hmm? Where'd you want me to organize your, your, you know, instead of you have <laughs> and have all the anxiety, you can just tell me what you want. What sort of um, Spain. I want to go to <gasps> Barcelona <sighs> and Madrid <laughs> and Portugal. Um, so I'm just going to. Kind of like swear out there. Not, not, not that it's for me to try and improve your choices, but I'm going to try anyway. I would say if you're if you're making the trip, right? I'm all this way. So Barcelona, especially now that that all those massive fucking Walt Disney cruise ships aren't turning up there anymore because they're just pestilent pits. Long, it's no longer going to be overrun by you know day trippers. Barcelona. Obviously, Madrid, you've got Juan there to just, you know, give you the best version of Madrid, and you've got Nomada. Oh, yeah. And they, they, well, know, they know and everything. Deconstruct team. Oh, no, they're, so I was going to get onto the Deconstruct one. Sorry, sorry. So you've, you've got, you've got Barcelona with Nomada, and you've got Madrid with Juan. Then you, you, you just do a little trip up to Seville, Sevilla. Mm-hmm. Sevilla is a stunning place. And then you hang out with four attic. Mm-hmm. Then you just take a dog leg to Valencia, where you've got deconstructing, and Valencia is just this incredible place as well. And then down to Lisbon, where there's, there's no devolver connections except I'll turn up. Ah, perfect. And I can show you some of the best fish restaurants. Uh, Ooh. And uh, and and just so you know, just just to prepare you, because I know you American guys like to go to bed around about six o'clock in the evening. In 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 uh, Lis- Lisbon, like the evening starts, restaurants kind of like take bookings from about ten in the evening onwards. Mm-hmm. So none of this that sounds great. Hit, hit six o'clock in the evening. That's what I'm saying. Uh, all right, I will I will prepare myself. I'll it's, get that app. It's a great trip. Uh, so it's, it's, it's I mean, between Spain and Portugal, you've just got so much amazing. Where's perfect? What, so let's ask you these questions, Graham. So, what's one thing that you did pre-pandemic uh, that you've stopped doing, and you don't see yourself returning to post-pandemic? Being polite to Tories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds good to me. Done with those Tories. A Republican. Yeah. Uh, actually, j- just just so you understand, Democrats are Tories, right? Oh. And and Republicans are are essentially fascists. Okay. Perfect. Nice. So 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 your country's definition of left wing is so fucked. Our Overton window is way over to the fucking right. So so your 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 idea of liberals in America are the right wing, and the right wing are fascists. Yeah. Yeah, they fucking. I may have lost you some of your followers. But they... <laughs> no, they they know. Ah, they they know. know. Oh, speaking of, just super unrelated to anything we we're talking about, but uh, the people that were on the grand jury in Breonna Taylor's case uh, are suing the attorney general of their state or somebody of their state for misrepresenting the case to them uh, because it was through the misrepresentation of that case that they did not 
choose to convict the officers involved in that bullshit. Uh, so they are trying to, those people involved in that are trying to fucking fix that shit. And that is great. Oh, that is good news. Yeah. So. Very good news. And um, Graham, just to go back very quickly to your questions, where, uh, what's the first, where, where's the first place you want to go after uh, when you're allowed to travel again? I mean, truthfully, and, you know, I just want to be wherever the rest of the Volvo crew can, are going to be. I just want us to all get together, um, you know, whether it's in Austin, like, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. It could be, it could yeah. be here. It doesn't matter. I just want to, first thing I want to do is have the whole crew um, together and and just, yeah, that's, that's enough. That'd yeah, be great. I agree. Buy a castle in Spain. <laughs> yeah, Spain yeah. would be good. But no, I, I, yeah, I totally agree. I really miss the gang. Yep. See, my answer of where I was actually going to go is just going to be wherever Devolver happens next. Because I was like, that's when I travel. It's like when we have packs, that's where I go. When we have... So yeah, that'll be great. We'll all party and remember how irritating we all are. And then... <laughs> yeah, we'll all be sick of each other by the end of the week. Oh, I love it. I miss being sick of you fucks. I mean, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just imagining the sheer complexity of trying to herd. How many? I think I think there's about 600 of us now. I'm pretty much it's I think that's a conservative estimate. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, if it was a Republican estimate, only, only four would be allowed to vote. Um, so, so uh, yeah, that that that's. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just imagining the chaos that Kate would be having to try and deal with. <laughs> well, yeah, that yeah. was my first thought as well. Yeah. Yeah. But she lives yeah. for this. She's <laughs> been, <laughs> she's been waiting. She's been waiting for this whole twelve months, just waiting, biding her time for the time when she gets to book everyone's travel again. As the person that she calls when the stress from these events gets to be too much for her, Robbie, I'm just going to say no. <laughs> I, I mean, I, when, when, Kate, when Kate came into my life and started to take those things away from me, because it used to be me that dealt with, you know, all the developers, flights, uh, visas, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it changed my attitude to where, where a developer could be from. It's like, wait a minute. It's a South African. That's Visa City. We've, we've got we've got our visas for all these trips, and so I remember doing this for for like you know with Ruan and Evan, and it's like, my God, this is so hard for you guys to travel, you know, like you know, and and then you kind of you, you kept on, you kept on like we've got you know, developers from Spain. Um, you can't fly direct from where they lived. You have to get them to go via Madrid to to somewhere else to get them into you know, Seattle or whatever it was, it'd be multiple flights. Of course, on any flight ticket ever booked, if you spell someone's name wrong, they're not allowed to complain. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, I found that out. <laughs> <laughs> or or people just not turning up for their flight and then you get like, a, a, like, ah, oh, I missed my plane. Like, what do you mean you missed your fucking plane? <laughs> um, happens to the best of us. No, it does. It does. But it, it, the stress factor of doing a packs and I, I again as I, said, yeah. I used to do the, all the flights and bookings for packs and and you 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 get to 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 that 
that horrible place we stay in in, in um, Seattle. Um, <laughs> you know, and 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 you know, I'd be standing at reception having a chat with like, is have these guys from Crow Team checked in? No. Oh, they should be here by now. Uh, and then they were they were always like so worried about costs. They they would they wouldn't switch their phones on for all the roaming charges. Oh yeah. Try to track them down. <laughs> then you'd have some some of your charmingly lovely Spanish devs just wandering around into traffic. Because <laughs> because where they come from, cars stop. <laughs> Then you'd have Ruan breaking the door in the hotel. And you, oh, yeah. How do I not have this? Okay, here you are. Brilliant. Please. <laughs> and and to her credit, this was never her job. She, yeah. She just, she just took it away from me. She took all of this <laughs> away from me. And I'm like, oh, my God. This, this is like, I can now go to an event without being worried about a Spanish person walking in front of a bus. South African breaking the doors. The, the Croatians just basically going to the wrong city. <laughs> they still do all these things. It's just Kate's problem now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Oh, man. Yeah. Yep. So, thank God for Kate. soon that'd be great yeah i mean i've been lucky enough to see you a little bit over the last year but <laughs> we um that wasn't a that was there was not a joke <laughs> i was being nice <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but i mean we're back in lockdown now so yeah i look forward to us all be, all being able to see each other again yeah and like you know I'm sure we could go on forever because I know I can. But um, yeah, we it'll be great because it will mean that the world is healing. It'll mean that things. If we are getting back together, it means that the the world itself is allowing that, which means it must be in a much better place. And you know, we just need to kind of like hope that we're going to hold on to that. The world needs to be in a better place rather than just accept. It slides back to where it came from. Oh, no. No. Mm. No. Cannot. No no backsliding. No backsliding. No. No backslides. No fucking backsliders. (laughs) That's the title of this episode, I think. (sighs) No backsliders? (laughs) No backsliders, yeah. We've cracked. Jam and Robbie interview core member of the Toadies, Graham Struthers. Well, well, thanks so much for being here, Graham. Yeah, I'm so sorry for all the palaver. Oh, no, it's <laughs> absolutely fine. fine. Absolutely fine. We got here in the end, and that's the main We did thing. it. You are still recording, aren't you? I mean, as far as I'm... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, was I... Wait a minute, hold on. Oh, there's still stuff going on, yeah. Great. 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 Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. This I has mean, been well, Graham. actually, I think you'll find I'm actually the audience, so you should be thanking me because I'm the one who listens. Oh, thank you for listening, Graham. Okay. <laughs>
if if you skip this episode, I understand. But uh, if this is your favorite episode, I also understand. Can I give you a review? Is that allowed? Yeah, please. please do. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Everybody, go leave some reviews. I mean, we my, more the merrier. I think my. I think I could do my review right now if you want. Mm, you do, Robbie. Mm, no. <laughs> no, it's 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 going to be really, really to the point and and short. Okay, but is it good? Well, I think you're excellent. Oh, you just thanks. you just need better guests. 